0: Welcome to the Rest and Recovery Podcast. This is a podcast on life's most effective healing tools, rest, and recovery through expert advice, wellness methods, and self-care. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. And before we jump into this next episode, I wanted to share with you the release of my first and of many courses, and this is a free one, and it's based on sleep as you know, this whole podcast is rooted in my own historical challenges with sleep, and decided to learn more about it. And I've put together the beginnings of a number of things that will be coming out this year and in the future. And this first one is free, and it's your best sleep blueprint, and it's a great framework to get you started to launch into reclaiming your sh- sleep and reclaiming your health. Uh, this will be a great Kickstarter and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Please check out bestsleepblueprint.com. That's bestsleepblueprint.com. It's free and I would encourage you to join in. It's just eight videos and share it far and wide because there are a lot of people out there struggling with sleep and I would love to be able to help serve them in some way. So thank you for listening and enjoy this nest episode all right well welcome to another episode of the rest and recovery podcast with me is dr jeffrey gross he's a board certified fellowship trained neurosurgeon dr gross is also the owner of spine and a regenerative medicine practice called ReCelebrate, uh, and seeing patients in california and nevada so uh Welcome, Dr. Jeff. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Scott. I'm happy to be here, and it's good to meet you and your audience.
0: Yeah. Uh, we had an opportunity, the kind of ships passing in, in, in the night, so to speak, at, uh, in Austin uh, about a month ago now um, at the Biohacking Congress event, but had a chance to chat briefly, and, and great to have you here to talk further about you know your past with, with spine injuries and, and the evolution um, and expansion. Of your practice, really, uh, to recelebrate. So, um, you know, maybe with that, start with uh, what I call the Genesis One One. You know, your background with spine and, and as a neurosurgeon. Um, you know that, that background and, and the evolution portion.
1: Thank you. Um, yeah, it's kind of a, a fun story, really. Uh, I, I'm going to take you back to my undergraduate days. I have a a, a degree in in biochemistry and. I really love that stuff. I'm sort of a nerd about it and how our cells function and the molecular biology of what's going on. And, and, um, you know, I got, I I went right into med school and residency and fellowship training for this, for spine surgery and, and then into practice. And after a number of years, I looked back and said, wow, you know, that, that stuff that drove me academically in college, I kind of missed that. Like our cells are cool. And for over twenty years of practicing neurosurgery, and specifically a lot of spinal neurosurgery, uh, and not just surgery, but taking care of neck and back problems with mostly non-surgical means, um, I, I sort of I sort of watched this whole stem cell biology grow up in yeah. the lab. Uh, you know, I spent some time uh, doing some research in uh, lasers at the Beckman Laser Institute, and right across the the street uh they they built this uh stem cell clinic you know uh not just clinic rather but uh, research institute and so much was going on but not being translated into the doctor being able to deliver Mm -hmm. so i got i got even further frustrated because you know as a surgeon i keep going to my annual annual meetings you know we go to the conferences we get our continuing education hours not a lot has changed right i mean we're we're still doing the same kind of surgeries with some slight improvements along the way or a new, you know, bell and whistle on a, on a screw and rod or something. But patients come in and it's a modern world and we catch problems earlier. Or we catch them at a lower level, you okay. know, instead of waiting for someone to be bedridden. We have patients with nagging back pain or neck problems or what have you. They don't want surgery. And I, I, I you know, I, I said, well, you know, if if the, if the therapy didn't work and the medicines didn't work, and the, maybe some injections didn't work, you know, I mean, we were really, you're in that big void of, well, yeah, you're not quite ready or bad enough for surgery, but this is really getting at you. And that's where I think out of frustration, I said, uh, I, and, and watching the science happen and read about it. I went back and I retrained and I, I read and I learned and, um, there are applications of regenerative medicine, of stem cell medicine, to help people, and I'm applying that not now, not only to my chosen field of spinal neurosurgery, right. but other things that I never thought I would be doing. So I'm treating all kinds of 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 different things.
0: Well, that's a great overview, and I think the the thing I liked the, what you said was. Um, being a continued learner, and that not, and, and going back to the the basics, so to speak, or the foundations that we kind of have to, no matter where we are in our life, to go back to that because, kind of like watching a movie, you you see a scene differently when you watch it like the second or third time, right? You don't you miss the joke or whatever, and you know, plus you have the tenure of life and having experience, and then you re- see it through a different lens.
1: That's totally fair. Yeah. Anyway, I I can say it's it's way more rewarding and fun now, and I have something to offer in addition to the traditional stuff. Yeah, and maybe better in some ways than the tr- some of the traditional things that some of my colleagues yet haven't adopted. So I I like to be that second opinion, or hey, let's try one more thing before you have surgery. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's a it's a great point because I mean, you know, I've had some systemic back challenges myself, but you know, you're, like you said, there's, there's a lot of people, how big of an audience would you say that, I don't say audience, but like demographic of people kind of in that messy middle that impairs life, right? It's, it's degradates their, their quality of life um, challenges.
1: Well, uh, let's, let's just take low back pain. Uh, it, uh, it's, it's a very big disability driver in the country, meaning Many people miss work or affects their life in some form. Uh, like you said, I mean, I've had an injury. I've, I have some, uh, depending on how long I stand. You know, you said you've had some. I think most people either have had some episode. Uh, I think there's some statistic over 80, 80% of people at some time in their life will have an episode of, of back, low back pain. Um, uh, there's another very large chunk that have ongoing, recurring, or, you know, episodic or, or chronic you know, nagging low back problems, and I'm just picking low back. You know, we didn't yeah. even. You know, so I would say there's a, there's a very large absolute and relative uh, portion of society that has an issue. Then on top of that, the vast majority don't want surgery. Yeah, uh, I went back and looked statistically at my own practice and found that less than five percent of my encounters with people were surgical. So that means ninety five percent were non surgical. Oh, so
0: wow.
1: that means there's a large portion of People who have not had surgery but have some issue.
0: So what uh let me start, you know, foundationally, what are some of the root causes, I'll say, uh, to some of those systemic things? Is there a a, a cluster of reasons for that relative to lifestyle?
1: Uh if low back pain specifically?
0: Yeah, let's just stick with that topic.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's a good topic. We could the other ones might parallel it, but low back pain is ubiquitous yeah i mean listen we we walk on two legs and that stresses the low back the low back is sort of the uh, it's a weight transfer from your spine to two legs and uh there's a lot going on in terms of that stress at the lower back particularly the lowest level of the low back um plus we we lift and we bend uh we we don't train our cores and low back Uh, part of the core. I want to make sure the core is all the way around us, not just the front um, properly. Um, I mean, some do, don't get me wrong, but uh, as a society, we're sitting um, and we have a poor muscle tone in that area. So we're not supporting our own selves. So we are prone to injury. Um, We live longer. Uh, You know, part of my regenerative practice has accidentally fell into the anti-aging realm. Okay. Because what we do in regenerative medicine is is combat inflammatory and degenerative cellular activity, which, as it turns out, is really combating the age process. So we live longer, and if we live longer, we have more time to degenerate. That's like, uh, you know, you're driving a, a 1967 Plymouth, you know, it's yeah. 23, it's going to have some issues, right? It's going to, yeah. yeah. you have it, it takes more maintenance, so... So we accumulate these things that that's probably the over overview of the epidemiology of this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, to the point of longevity, we have expanded lifespan uh, but you're hearing a lot around, and I think where regenerative medicine comes into play is probably on the health span aspect of it is like, we're living much longer, but it's almost like we're stretching the band aid out further, which makes it thinner. You know what I mean?
1: Perfect. Yeah. I mean, it, we have to fill our lifespan with healthy, time, which is health span, right? So right. we want health span to fill most of our lifespan. And that takes work, it takes effort, it takes uh strategies, it takes hacking, biohacking. That's where we get there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so maybe let's unpack that or, or you know, what was your, you know, as you dug into the the cell aspect, you explained at a high level, you know, what were some of the things that you saw at, to be promising um and and Really, for you to launch, you know, recelebrate
1: um well, I, I noticed uh some interesting things i it's it starts with if you look at other species like salamanders, axolotls, starfish, uh, they can regrow limbs or tails. and then I read a paper um that children, human children under the age of five to six, if you cut off just the tip of the finger.
0: Sponsor who has been supporting me for some time now is one of my favorite supplement companies, BiOptimizers. So, you know, BiOptimizers, they use plant-based research-backed information the key around this, and as you know, we talk about here on the Rest from Recovery podcast, stress. Stress is the common denominator across all the things when it comes to health and being able to manage stress well. You know, stress is a common factor that affects everyone in this fast-paced world, and it's leading to various health un- issues such as heart problems, inflammation, obesity, and the what is the growing mental Ill- illness challenge. So, um, while most people are focused on finding relief through meditation or various trips to the spa, which are all helpful. It's not really addressing the root cause of stress and actually a deficiency in, in the key nutrients. So they're introducing Magnesium Breakthrough, this reformulated, the ultimate magnesium supplement that offers the full spectrum of all seven types of magnesium, specifically formulated to reach every tissue in your body for maximum health benefits. This is a one-of-kind product and is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium which could be causing multitude of health problems. But what sets magnesium breakthrough apart is its ability to impact the release of stress hormones like cortisol and block the activity of more stimulating neurotransmitters leading to a more peaceful and resting state. Key aspect to everything we talk about here. And so that's why I'm encouraged and and thankful for Bioptimizer's support. But also, um, you know, I'm not going to share anything that I don't use. We use uh, their their magnesium breakthrough regularly. Simply go to magbreakthrough.com backslash rest. That's magbreakthrough.com backslash rest to get a 10% off on Magnesium Breakthrough, you can use the code REST10, that's REST10. Uh, for a limited time, you can buy three bottles and get exciting gifts and purchases, so such as uh, blue light blocking glasses and much more. So please check them out again at magbreakthrough.com backslash REST, use code REST10.
1: Not that you would do this as a test, but kids sometimes get into trouble and, sure. and lose, uh, you know hurt themselves. So, uh, you know, uh, and you cut it off after or further out, or what we say in doctor speak is distal to, uh, the last joint of the finger. If they're under that age, they will regrow that fingertip. Um, this oh, is wow. no, yeah, we lose that ability. So what's going on? We have the same genes at age five than we do at age eight. So why does that change? Then a couple other things occurred to me, um, so so first if you look at a if if you have young children in your life or you know whether your own children or nieces and nephews or anybody if you you're outside playing they skin their knee on the sidewalk you know you clean it off bandage it kiss it send them on their way right three right. days later the band-aid falls off and the scab is almost completely healed right, right. whereas you you look at your grandmother she bumps her elbow and you know, three weeks later, there's still bruising and discoloration and modeling of the skin. What, what happened? Why can't that, why can't we heal like that three-year-old? It's the same genes, right? Um, and, and then the last thing that finally got me was um, during my residency, it became uh, interesting to operate on fetuses who were found on ultrasound to have what's called spina bifida. It means part of their spine that didn't close right. And those kids can have troubles, but if you close it up, the earlier you close it, the more likely they'll develop better functions and not have as many troubles. So there was this fetoscopic surgery where uh, certain surgeons would would go through the uterus to the fetus, close it up, and then let the fetus come to term and then deliver the baby, uh, usually by C-section. And some of those babies would come out with barely, if any, scarring from that surgery. So what's so magic about the amniotic fluid? What's yeah. so magic about the more youthful you are, the more regenerative capacity you have? So that all kind of came together in my in my head. And I, I say, okay, there's something really great about the youthful growth factors and proteins. And PRP was coming up around this time. And, and, and there was something special about concentrating these growth factors. So I did all my homework. And, and that's where I figured out that Um, There there is growth potential from the proteins and the signaling messenger uh, vesicles called exosomes coming from stem cells, coming from amniotic fluid. And the doctors that were using these um, and the papers coming out of China and Europe where they didn't have as many restraints were amazing. I mean, we have a study from France that's over 15 year follow up in uh, taking people who are bone on bone on their knee, needing a joint replacement, and saving them from needing a joint replacement using, in that study, wow. harvest, harvested stem cells. Um, so uh, 15 years later, about just over 80% of those of those patients still did not need a knee replacement. So there's something that we're slow to adopt here, and uh, maybe maybe I carry the banner for let's, let's move this thing along quicker if we can.
0: Yeah. Well, that certainly sounds pretty phenomenal in in what's been able to be accomplished That you know, not at scale yet, but you know, in, in certain aspects of life, that's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I love, I'm so <clears throat> excited by the science and bringing it, translating it, they call it translation, right? Bringing this to the clinic as as much as possible uh that we can because we can help things without surgery and you know what surgery it's still pretty barbaric what we have to do sometimes you know screws and rods in your back and you know it doesn't cure all the pain
0: um yeah
1: it used to be reserved for people who could barely get out of bed and now the problem is uh you have a little bit of back pain some findings on mri you fail other treatments and that's what they offer you and uh, i I don't want to offer that to people until they have to have it you know
0: yeah. And there's other, you know, I guess aspects to that too, is, you know, you're, you're cutting the fashion or whatever is happening there. And that, that whole process and, you know, um, the, the, even the trauma just emotionally associated with some of that stuff too, can be, can be uh, negatively impacting depending on how you recover.
1: A hundred percent. And not only the the stress of it and and the tissue damage, but, the cost, I mean, the cost of a, of a let's call a low back fusion surgery is many times the cost of some of the regenerative type injections and things that we can do.
0: Yeah. So what are the mechanisms um, to facilitate that? Is it shots? Is it, you know, yeah. What are the mechanisms to, to kind of help facilitate that?
1: Uh, this is where I like to bring in the phrase precision medicine. Um everyone's different. We, we, when we, when I first meet someone, usually, you know, people travel to see us. So it's usually someone uh, uh, not in my uh, general vicinity. So we get on the the Zoom call, and we break it down. We find out exactly what's bothering them, you know, point, start with this, you know, first day of medical school, where does it hurt? Point to it. Let's start there. Okay. What tests have you had? Where, what triggers it? What makes it feel better? Let's really get to know it um and then we usually if it's a spine we're talking about uh we do want to get a high quality mri and not all mris are the same you know there's uh there's walmart quality all the way through nordstrom quality and, and and this has to do with the resolution and the sequences and what we're looking at um and then we we try to correlate at the end of the day uh is what we see on the mri matching with the pain if we can find precision targets Uh, then we might be able to do some injections into those targets. So that's, that's kind of the overall approach.
0: Okay. And then what are the, you mentioned a couple different things, just what, 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 what's being used to help that? Is it coming from my own body and using my own stem cells or what are the.
1: My own opinion on this, and this is the, uh, uh, you know, thirty thousand foot view is there are multiple sources of we'll call them biologics, uh, stem cells. Um, well, the the easiest the simplest thing would be PRP, right? We can harvest that from your blood, spin it down, and concentrate growth factors. There's probably a few stem cells in there, and there's probably some exosomes, which I'll circle back to in a moment. Um, and that can help. Usually, you need multiple um treatments of that. One is not enough, and that's. Harvested from you. Um, the The next step up would be stem cells, and stem cells can come from one of two sources. And you you already alluded to, Scott. They can come from you. We could take them out of your bone marrow, or fat. Now, I don't like the fat source because fat tissue, even even if you're not obese, fat tissue is inflammatory. Generally, uh, it's inflamed, and I don't want to put an inflamed message back into your body. I want the opposite message. I want an anti-inflammatory because your cells sort of have two main programming modes. They're inflamed, degenerating, aging, and making proteins to protect themselves. Or they're in a youthful, regenerative, restorative mode, which is anti-inflammatory. So I want to focus on an anti-inflammatory. I'm certainly not going to get that mode optimized if I'm using inflamed fat source tissue. Now, there are lots of studies that show fat source uh, stem cells do have some benefits, and they do. Um, but I think we can do better. Um, so the the other main source is from your bone marrow, um, probably your best source, right? That's the that's where your life force comes from, and um, the um, the the harvest is painful. Hmm. Now I'm 57. Uh, when you pull out my stem cells, they are also 57. So putting uh, my sleepy stem cells that don't work like they did when I was three to heal my scab doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Sure. Now with PRP, you you concentrate it down and you get a like a concentrated dose where you need it. So that probably is in play because harvested stem cells from us, uh, and I just I just dragged you into my age group. Do you like that? Uh, harvested stem cells from us, uh, they do have benefits. But the best source takes me back to the amniotic source. So my favorite source of stem cells or exosomes, which I'll circle back in one second, um, are what we call perinatal sources. These come from amniotic fluid, umbilical cord, what's uh, uh, called Wharton's jelly. It's the fluid that comes from there, placental tissue, and these are are come from clean labs, FDA approved labs in in this country, uh, and they are concentrated and tested and screened. And that's what I think is the best, most youthful source. And in there are the more youthful cells that act like you're in the amniotic fluid, right? They're the youngest stuff we can get.
0: Okay, okay.
1: That's my favorite source. That's what it is, it's, it, I don't have to harvest anything. I can I can get this, it's, it's easy to obtain and deliver. It's not, it's not inexpensive, but if it's in the long run, it probably is compared to what it does yeah and then and and then, if I could, I'm uh, sorry, I didn't mean to like take over the whole conversation no, was... Exosomes are are sort of the the next step, right? So it turns out this the cells communicate with their neighbors through small um, I'll call them particles, but it's really a little bit of membrane growth factors, RNA, uh, and And what happens in one cell, let's say, is under threat, infection. It sends out warning to the neighbors, to sound the alarm, to, to influence the programming of that cell, remember whether it's inflammatory or restorative or anti-inflammatory. So, so these little particles, are they're, they're about one one-thousandth the size of a cell. Um, and each cell can give off thousands of them. They're called extracellular vesicles. Extracellular mean, meaning out of the cell, given off. Vesicle means a, a little uh, membrane. It's almost like a mini cell. Um, so we can now use these exosomes for short, uh, Mm -hmm. from the amniotic fluid source, highly concentrated, um, and give a dose that's perhaps superior to a stem cell dose because of the concentration. The other beauty of exosomes is if someone is dealing with a problem of the nervous system, exosomes are small enough to pass across the membrane called the blood brain barrier. and that's a protect, you know, the brain and spinal cord are protected in addition to being protected in our body through this membrane. Exosomes are small enough to pass through that filter. Uh, Stem cells are not. So I've been a bigger fan of exosomes being a very efficient delivery of of a signal to tell your cells and your own stem cells to wake up and act like they used to when they were three.
0: That's pretty incredible. So let me ask you this. So with the stem cells and the exosomes, can you mentioned nerves Can the stem cells help regenerate nerve endings and things of that nature, or.
1: So scientifically, yes, um, there is, we're now know, And when I trained, we, we didn't think so. We thought the brain, you know, once you lose brain, you you're done, right. You wow. that, that those cells don't grow. There is something called plasticity where other cells might take up the function or have to relearn. You know, you watch enough movies about, you know, injuries and you you know people have to relearn how to walk. Well it turns out there is there is regeneration within the nervous system. Uh, we are now seeing that. Um, and and I think we're going to continue to learn more about that through regenerative medicine, um, through different types of different types of cells. The nervous system is made up of nerve tissue type cells and supporting type cells. So the typical stem cells and exosomes that we use are called mesenchymal. Uh, and that means they come from sort of connective tissues of the body, which is why they're great for bones and joints and muscles and ligaments and things like that okay. uh, and other organs and things. But the nervous tissue may require uh, nerve-based stem cells or neural tissue stem cells or neural tissue exosomes, and that's currently not available to me yet or okay. anyone outside of a lab.
0: So that's being explored and trying to – that would be – like. Because you see the rise of a lot of chronic diseases, and it seems there's a, a big correlation to the, the neurological aspect of things. And you mentioned the blood-brain barrier and and that connection to to the brain and the nervous system.
1: Right, and I I might want to mention here that that many of the neurodegenerative problems, like uh, Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's disease, have inflammatory components, and Aside from regenerative medicine being very anti-inflammatory, there are many other lifestyle and supplement and diet uh, behaviors that can help slow and stop inflammatory processes. So we are now learning a lot about the benefits, for example, of probiotics and how your gut bacteria make certain uh, small biochemicals that, that communicate with the nervous system and have an influence on uh, the inflammation or reduced inflammation in brain. And, and there are, if you know, wonderful studies about uh, use of certain kinds of probiotics and depending on their makeup and their mix and uh, helping to reduce the incidence uh, and the progression of Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, uh, other neurologic problems most of the degenerate oh. diseases of the body are inflammatory diseases and vice versa anything inflammatory degenerates more rapidly think about a joint if you have an old joint injury you have you develop what's called osteoarthritis and itis means inflammation okay you have a word like tonsillitis is inflamed tonsils so mm-hmm. anything we can do that's anti-inflammatory uh, will help slow that process so you see a lot of people working on slowing aging. You know, there's a lot in the news now on this.
0: Yeah, and yeah.
1: Most of those techniques, most of the uh, uh, things they do, are in fact anti-inflammatory techniques.
0: That's pretty incredible. And yeah, I've been hearing a lot about that. And you know, I even saw a post where somebody was was making the anti anti aging argument. Um, in in that you know it's hyperbole and all this stuff and in you know I guess it depends on where it is in the spectrum of understanding right it sounds like we're very early on so you know you want that entrepreneurial aspect within science always right it's a it's a foundational skill
1: I think that that's what has been driving uh, medical or biotechnology uh, along the way I think without without that drive uh, and maybe I'll get on my soapbox for a minute here because because a lot of health insurance scripts healthcare or what they'll pay for. Yeah. And a lot of doctors sort of have no choice but to but to follow that. And it's kind of the tail wagging the dog. So because these third-party insurers are sucking the money out of the system, we can't deliver the highest quality care that we used to. And I say we, but I I, I, I continue to fight that on a regular basis. But
0: well, it's um, a macro problem, right?
1: It's a huge problem. And until the conflict of interest is pulled out by that, that is manifest in the, in the third party insurers, the private insurers, where they should be more like a public utility, they they can make it like a 10% margin. And that's it. Because the problem is you've got CEOs of these companies making $100 million bonus, and I can't get an MRI for my, my poor patient approved until they she has three cortisone shots or something. And I they're telling us how to practice if we want to get it paid for. So,
0: yeah. um,
1: you know, I, why did I go to school for all those years? They could have just uh, sent me the cookbook. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> could. That. Anyway, that that was obviously me being a, a bit a snarky, but um, there's a problem. And uh, that's another reason why I'm ver- I'm working. I'm trying to help people uh, have options that aren't driven by some insurer or payor.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um I keep hearing this consistently just had just a, my recent episode one twenty seven was kind of along those lines of there's a there's a massive gap between practice and policy. Um on yes. on, you know, on you know the decision making
1: <laughs> Policy's winning except except here at recelebrate. <laughs> there you
0: go. There you go. But it's yeah, it's trying to bridge that divide, right? In in getting there and you know, things cost something. And people are providing service, so profits fine, but also if there's a massive disconnect to your point of, you know, at the ground level, people aren't able to get some simple transactional things. There, there's a bit of a schism there.
1: <laughs> there is a a, a, a a growing divide in that schism for sure.
0: <laughs> so um let's just stick on the, you know, the the anti-aging, and really the other term in that space is longevity. Right, I think we all would love to. We touched on the two other terms. I think that kind of set underneath that is is health span and lifespan. Um, expand a little bit on on those two terms and like how you see this evolving.
1: Sure. So I, I um, you know, I, I've this is a corollary and a, and a necessity for getting into regenerative medicine because. Um, when you look at the cellular level, if we can slow that inflammatory programming, we're slowing the biological aging. And maybe we'll define that real quick. And yeah. we know what aging is or longevity is. We measure it on our calendar, you know, how many birthdays have you had? Right. But you could, you know, especially in older individuals, you can you can look at two 70-year-olds, and one will look very elderly. And be slow, and and show the effects of time. And one will be robust and vital and active, and 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 uh, have more energy. So why those people have the same born on date, you know, why are they why are they so different? And it, this is harder to see in the younger group, but you know, the, the more time you give them to to separate the distance, you can see the tortoise and the hare uh, separated the race. There, why yeah. is that? It's it's biological. It's, it's what's going on in the cells. It's how how much accumulated inflammatory trauma those cells have experienced. So when your grandmother said, you know, eat your fruits and vegetables, you know, um, know, get good rest, you know, hydrate, exercise. um, She was right. And she was right, not just because she was trained to say that as a grandmother would, but because really on the cellular level, those things are reducing inflammatory burden in the cells. So someone coined the term "inflammaging," yeah. saying inflammation is aging. And and it really is a great term. I'm sorry, I can't quote the author at this time, but um, that that's accurate. As we inflame, we age, and as we age, we inflame, and disease gets dragged with that. So accumulated inflammation uh, goes towards disease. Cardiovascular disease, diabetes, uh, acquired diabetes rather, um, which is called type two, uh, Alzheimer's disease. These are inflammatory diseases. Things start to not work at the cellular level. And knowing that and making the right strategic lifestyle choices and changes and hacking, um, one can gain that system to have not only more longevity because they have more, it's they're more slowly acquiring that inflammation Yeah. But they can fill that longevity more healthy years. So there are these biological age tests. There there are different ones out there. And they look at markers and changes within within your cells. So because if you put a cell under the microscope, you don't know how old that cell is. You don't know it's birthday, but we can measure through these different types of tests and they all correlate very well uh, with each other. We can correlate how much accumulated damage that cell has. And that damage is now we have they, we have enough statistics to correlate that damage with a relative age. So people do biological age tests and they see maybe the, you know, their lifestyle, you know, a 40 year old might be 48 in biological years. And, whoa, I better make some lifestyle changes, you know, maybe not drink so much, uh, get some more exercise, get out of my chair more, <laughs> uh, eat more, you know real you know food fruits and vegetables less processed i mean we uh, you know part of my anti-aging consultations we go over the whole thing supplements whatever so and then six months later we can repeat that biological age test and you can see movement you can see age reversal through biological age not through calendar age so um that is the ultimate biohacking that is helping someone fill their increase their lifespan and their health span within it
0: that's incredible so so How the challenge I get, not challenge, but like what I was referencing earlier, I heard somebody really challenging this idea, right, that we can't measure this stuff right now. It's not proven, blah, blah, blah. Sounds like you just kind of contradicted that statement, but um, how uh, new are some of these tests and understandings to, to kind of assess that?
1: The tests have been around a few years, um, but they've been accumulating data for many years. So, um, you know, uh, a result is only as good as the data it's built on. So sure. they have enough uh, in their cohort, you know, um, in terms of looking at people's actual age and their biological age. And they can now correlate and follow people longitudinally and, and, and reproducibly.
0: Yeah. So Okay.
1: So, plus... Um, even if it's not a hundred percent absolute, but it's a trend and it helps people make the right changes, then great. Um, and it's kind of gamifying the system, right? Like how young can you get?
0: Right. Right. And I guess at the end of the day too, like there's going to be not just the science, but the subjective, like the, the, the client is going to feel better. They're going to have more energy, you know, you're going to have that. So it's gonna, it's going to show up in real life not just on some test
1: 100% um you know the the problem is the symptoms or how you feel take they're slow to notice that right it, yeah. it's people like a good metric like if if i don't know if you've had anyone on that does um uh, you know wearable tech or or does like hrv heart rate variability i mean yeah. i would love to to do it a study where we have the biological age test, we make some lifestyle changes, but we also track HRV.
0: That would be cool. Overlay. That would be really. I, neat.
1: I think it would, and if you, li- I do listen to some of the podcasts from from HRV people, and the, the statistics are amazing. Here, people can see their, oh, well, I've got a change here. I'm, I'm getting sick, or oh, uh, you know, I stayed out too late. I better go easy on my training day. Whatever. You, you we we can tweak and biohack and continue to get better at things. Um, that that, you know, traditional clinical medicine has not provided us in terms of knowledge and um, application for decades. So this is this is kind of a boom in biotechnology. It comes from the regenerative side and um, it's just exciting. It, it's like my chapter two. I'm i I'm excited again. I'm a bit of a, ner- a biochemical nerd of sorts. So this this uh, this soothes that part of my brain, but uh, I, I just love it. I hope others
0: do too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, most people will love the result So <laughs> yeah. all, all your passion. And I, that's huge. I, I love the fact that you're, um, again, the continuous learning model, uh, to help, you know, the medical community and, and find better ways to do things. Like you started that in your career path from a surgical perspective. And to your point, not that it's irrelevant, but it's maybe, um, more tactful on how it's applied and there's other mechanisms to, to help with that
1: yeah thank you thank you
0: um well we're, we're, we're creeping up on time here but w- what did I miss on this regenerative space right there's 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 so much out there in, in anti-aging regenerative medicine um, what what's a key element that yeah, I I think,
1: I think this listen uh, it it's here. Uh, you don't have to go to Panama to have it done. Uh, Ten years ago, you did. You, you know, Tiger Woods and pro athletes, uh, you know, in the off season, sneak out of the country and and have these things done. You can do them here now. We have to be. I'll be upfront and cautious. The FDA has not yet uh, approved these procedures uh, as they approve things. Now, many things doctors do isn't necessarily approved by the FDA. So as long as you understand that these, they the FDA calls these experimental. And we certainly give full consent on that. So um, and most people understand that uh that come to talk to us anyway. Um uh so it doesn't fit the policy. This is back to policy. Um certainly um big pharma doesn't want this to happen. It'll put them out of business uh in some ways. Uh and it'll be a slow adoption of this in terms of you know policy and and, and that kind of thing and payment. Mm-hmm. So insurance doesn't cover it for that, for those reasons. Uh, be that as it may, it's here. Uh we so we're very careful we don't make any claims that we can treat or cure anything. Uh and I'm upfront about that. Of course, doctors can't really do that anyway. <laughs> you know, we can't guarantee anything. So um uh I I um I have I have some great and you know, I showed at the the event where we met. Um some before and after uh, joints where we uh, were able to show improvement in the cartilage present.
0: Oh wow. Um,
1: i't um, you know, I can't say that one person will have the same result as that sure. example. but I have more and more of those examples. We're doing that in the spine, we're doing it in the joints. Um, we're using regenerative for other purposes, uh, all the way just through anti-aging, uh, you know, energy feel good. All the way down to individual issues, um, whether they be, you know, orthopedic in nature or, you know, other, I, I, I have athletes, we do injuries, all kinds of things.
0: Okay, awesome. So, and it, again, kind of tack on what you said, this is not medical advice. Uh, w- would you encourage folks to explore this option if they're staring at the knife? Um, to at least get a consult along these lines with someone like yourself to ensure they've done due diligence to avoid surgery. And it's again, not that surgery isn't a a good tool, but it seems like more like a last resort, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes with spine.
1: I, I think surgery is a last resort unless there's some type of impending urgency or emergency or such severe pain or something. Um, but why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you get all the options that are available explained to you so that when you do make a decision to have surgery or not, you have a fully informed consent. If you weren't given these options, then you weren't fully informed because they are available.
0: Uh, great. Great. Well, um, Jeffrey, uh, appreciate your time. I like to close things out with a couple of, uh, personal questions. Sure, so nothing, nothing too, too strenuous, but what are you reading right now?
1: What am I, what am I eating right now?
0: Reading, reading.
1: Oh, uh, So uh, right now I'm reading scientific articles every morning because I'm working on a book. Uh, The book is called Young Again. It is uh, probably 60% done. And it's a how-to guide of anti-aging all the way from sleeping, breathing supplements, all the way through rapamycin, metformin, regenerative medicine, uh exotic herbs things like that so i know i copped out of your question because i don't have a book in front of me right now but uh well that's all right yeah that's um, what you're reading
0: research papers. all right what are you listening to right now be it music or podcast
1: so i'm a podcast guy i'm a big fan of um uh the whoop podcast Mm -hmm. i listen also to um um of course her name isn't coming to me right now but uh Shoot. Can I look at my phone and give you the best yeah. answer? I want to be yeah, absolutely. There's really a shout out from, uh, here it is. It's Rhonda Patrick. She's, oh, my, okay. she's my uh biochemistry friend and she has excellent content. It's thorough, it's researched and it, usually a great summary. Um, she has great, if, if you're interested in one of my favorite biochemicals is sulfur and she has a great podcast on how she deals with her broccoli sprouts. So, if you can take one little tidbit for biohacking away get your fresh broccoli sprouts so they call them microgreens at the store and uh they're in the they're in the like you know fruits and vegetables area yeah. put them on your meals your sandwiches your salads you got to chew them up to activate them chew them good and and they're they're good for you
0: cool you know we've been looking into the microgreens cuz you can re- easily grow them in your home and and around so uh cool all right, uh, last one. What's your go-to rest and recovery method?
1: Uh, so I'm a big fan of sleep, um, good sleep. So cold room, um, uh, dark, um, turn off your screens well in advance, ten good deep breath, um, and uh, just just you know make sure you're getting your full restorative sleep and REM cycles and dreams and stuff. A real real quick side corollary is when I, at the end of med school and residency and early in my practice, I was taking call. And sometimes that call was two nights out of three. Uh, You know, you're on the first call, then you're the second call, then you're off. Uh, I wasn't dreaming. I didn't dream for 12 years. And I wasn't dreaming because I was either on call, so not really sleeping much, being woken up during the night, or in that third night, just so ready to be woken up. Like you sort of get uh, attuned to that. And at some point, uh, after a number of years, I stopped taking call except for my own patients, and um, stopped taking emergency room and trauma center call. Really, so uh, I noticed that I, I was sleeping without being interrupted, and after a while, I started dreaming again. And that's the REM cycle, and that's part of the res- restorative sleep. And there's, there's, a, we could do a whole podcast on the waves of the brain going on and how that's no. important. Sleep, rest, recover.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, Dr. Jeffrey, appreciate it. Thank you so much for all you're doing and uh, be well. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rest and Recovery podcast. Please share this information far and wide. Rate, review, would appreciate all of the support, uh, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, You can also check out episodes on any of your favorite podcast platforms, such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or you can check out the website at www.berestedbewell.com. Thanks, and have a great day. Hello, and thank you for listening to the Rest and Recovery podcast. Thank you for listening as always and sharing the content. And in order to make all of this happen, um, it does require some resource, and I am fortunate to be able to introduce uh, two sponsors that are supporting the podcast to make this happen. So uh, please check them out. And first, I want to introduce Fit Insider. It's F I T T insider. Uh, if you're obsessed with health and fitness as I am, then you'll absolutely love Fit Insider. I've been following them for close to a year now and uh, subscribe to their free newsletter. It's packed with industry trends, news, tech, startup information, and much, much more. Um, you know, anything from wearables to health optimization to what's new, what's trending in the market to what are the Key staples. What are the big companies doing to pivot, expand, and grow to advance the health and wellness market? And, um, you know, Fit Insider, F I T T, again, Fit Insider is a tremendous resource for that. Not to mention, uh, they have a weekly podcast. They offer a jobs board if you're looking to get into the health and wellness space as a career pivot. They also have an investment fund and other resources for those in the health tech space for operators. So trust me, if you're looking for something to really understand and have a finger on the pulse of the health and wellness market, fitinsider.com is definitely the one to bookmark. So please check them out. Link is in the show notes and I would encourage you to go check them out. Thank you.